Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Josh. And I'm Dennis. This is Best Friend Simulator, and we're recording this on Easter. And you know what? Happy Easter. Jesus is back, and he is better than ever. And I think he's going to be with us today. He is. I mean, well, he's always with us in our heart, but he's physically Mm. here today. He is eating Easter candy like a pig. Slow down, Jesus. You're going to make... Dude, you're going to make yourself sick. I I don't care who your dad is. Ah, Jesus. I mean, what's going to happen? Is he going to die? He can't die. He's just going to come back. Yeah, he pretty stinks pretty bad. He smells like he's been in a tomb for three days, if you catch me. Why is Jesus What do you want, house? dude? Yeah, I told you to take a shower, idiot. <sighs> this fucking guy. Why'd I have him over here? April Fool's. Jesus is not Oh, shit! I got oh, you, fuck! <laughs> Why would you oh, scream that God. into the mic? Oh, I, had, I, was, just... I was showing good mic technique and leaning away... When I was yelling, you leaned into it and yelled. Ah, it's because you startled me. Oh, okay. Oh, I almost shit my pants. Oh, God, buddy. What are you doing to me? We are having a weird April Fool's Day already today here. Please explain. Jamie and I haven't left the house. I spent a chunk of the day doing research for our next episode. Jamie's kind of kicking it, playing some video games. We got a text message from our friends Jenny and Will asking if we turned into a tumbleweed which is connected to something uh jenny when she was a kid i think her dad told her that people could turn into tumble tumbleweeds under certain circumstances and she was petrified of it we were a little confused by it there was a knock on the door jamie went out it was a neighbor who had a package of mine that i assumed got stolen yesterday but jamie was super freaked out because there was a giant tumbleweed on our porch in front of our door so what? she had a super awkward interaction with the neighbor and kind of closed the door really fast after she got the package. And then I got the package, opened it up. In it were two stainless steel water bottle cages for a bicycle that I ordered, but it was chock full of fucking ants. Dude. The box was what is full of ants. What is happening? We're having a real April Fool. What is happening at your house? Chock full of fucking First ants. First of all, Wait, first of all, who is this friend that believes that people can turn into tumbleweeds? I mean, she doesn't anymore. Tumbleweeds, sorry. Tumbleweaves? Uh, it's Philly. Sorry, That's a Philly I got a Philly in me. A, B, wait, where am I? B, why do you have actual tumbleweeds at your house? It's been really windy. I'm assuming the tumbleweed was put there by Jenny and Will, who live like 400 feet from us. Oh, I'm assuming okay. that was their joke. Okay, that's hilarious, but... Where do they find a tumbleweed? You're you're when I asked you before you 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 kind of gave me this bullshit answer and tried to gloss over it. It's windy in Philadelphia and I still have never seen a tumbleweed. How is there one at your house? Well, we we have stuff like trees and everything out here and and a lot of not vegetable life. What am I trying to say? A lot of plant life. Vegetable life. Vegetable life. <laughs> Living that vegetable life. Living that sweet vegetable life, baby. So it, it's not too hard. There's, you know, stuff all around us. I, I can see that. So what kind of friends are these that they're throwing this shit on your porch? Like, what is this? I don't... You should get them back. I don't know. Shoot up their door. Look, I'm a little more concerned about a box full of ants. <laughs> so then, see, why is... Did this guy... You think that the neighbor put the ants in the box? It was a sealed box. It wasn't opened like the the previous package that was returned to me. Well, ants don't need a lot of space to get into a fucking box, dude. But why were there a bunch of ants in the box? Because your neighbor's the ant master. I fucking, I had to, I shook the the water bottle cages out into the sink. And then I ran outside and threw the box into the recycling full of ants. You should have. And then I ran the water bottle cages under the water for a while. No, you should have thrown the ants back at that guy and shot up his house. It was a woman. For starters, sexist. At the, uh, sorry, at that neighbor. You just assume all I neighbors are guy. men. 
We, when is, this... when you said Jamie was creeped out, I just for some reason I had in my head like some kind of like the tall man comes to your house. Here's your box, and then just like just it's full of ants, like some creepy shit. Chock full of ants. I hated that dude. Well, go shoot up her house. Wait, I'm shooting people now. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, dude, don't take this shit. I just don't want ants in my house. Fucking mu- f- yeah, fuck these people up. I just want to know why they were ants. Start shooting and then ask questions later. That's how I, Dirty Harry does it. That's We're not shooting anybody. What am I going to shoot them with? Rubber bands? Straight up guns, Doug. What the fuck are you talking best about? Friend, best friend maniac style. This is taking a weird turn. Are you okay? I, f- I feel really violent today. I had a lot of sugar. There you go. You get really violent when you have sugar. Alexis made an amazing cake and I'm going to fuck somebody up. <laughs> Is that a reaction people have when they eat too much sugar? I don't know. I wanted to come at this episode with more energy because I think we're funnier when we're energetic, and I think I, I think I overdid it. I think I overbalanced my chi. Hmm. I had some coffee right beforehand, even though it's six o'clock for me. Drinking it out of my awesome Bigfoot mug that Jamie got me because it, I love it. It's, it's super shitty. Um, I didn't have coffee. I just, I just wanted to amp it up. So you had some sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, do you mean you took amphetamines? Whatever, dude. Whatever. Whatever. My business. I got some of those right here. Dude. Try the new Best Friend Simulator methamphetamines. This isn't methamphetamines. It's just dextroamphetamines. Which Try the Best Friend Simulator trucker speed. Treatment for ADD. Uh, you know what? I take it and it makes me a little tired sometimes. You know, stop gloating about your diagnosis. It's getting a little... <laughs> it's getting a little too much. <laughs> gloating, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I haven't been diagnosed with anything but morbid obesity. A, you're not morbidly obese. Yeah. B, Whatever. eat shit. So what's up, man? What'd you, what'd you do for Easter? Oh, I went to Mom's. Okay. Had some ham. Oh, I'm right. Um, ham on, like I, Michael Jackson I says. I raked a little bit. Okay. Uh, played soccer with my nephew. Sounds fun. Yeah, I had a blast. Ate a bunch of cake. Did I say that already? Yeah, you, you mentioned that earlier. Is your sugar rush wearing some... off already? Oh, what? Sorry. Um, got stuck in crazy traffic. People in this city love going away for the holidays and coming back as soon as I come back. They do. That's why you got to not leave your house. Oh, the past week I could park wherever I wanted to. It's pretty nice. What did you do for Easter? Uh, oh, nothing. You just watched a tumbleweed. I told you. I did a bunch of research. No, oh, I mean, uh, nothing outside of the house. And I opened a box full of fucking ants. <sighs> Why were the ants like, in the box? There's nothing in there for them. What's in the box? Ants. Ants. Yeah. That's weird. Um, Was there, was there like a little snack at the bottom of the box that maybe the ants were attracted to? No. Like, the seller was like, hey, thanks for buying this stuff. Here's a little Snickers. That would have made sense. What if he shipped the ants to me? I still think this neighbor's playing a little trick on you. Could be. I don't know. Well, fuck em, if that's fuck the case, up. then they got a weird reaction from Jamie. And I hope they feel bad now. Because she was super freaked out by the giant tumbleweed sitting there. And, and this is what happens when you... This is what happens when you don't leave the house all day. You get freaked out by one encounter with a person. It was the tumbleweed that freaked her out. It was a big tumbleweed. It was like a three foot tall tumbleweed. Oh, I'm not bringing that tumbleweed by. No, that's what I'm saying. I was only kidding. I'm just trying to make jokes. They're they're nice people. Look, I get paid zero dollars for this shit. Okay, you can't expect high quality. Ain't that the truth? Oh, how did how that? Wait, you just dissed yourself. I guess so. Yeah. Yo, I got other complaints. All right, that that's rare. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> so I went to the store the other day before I went to the movies. I went to go see Annihilation because okay. I love the book. And the movie was weird. And, uh, yo, I think Twizzlers are real thin now. Like, thinner than they used to be. 
You think so? I remember they were real thick, and now they're thin. Do you think it was like a situation, you know, like when you go back to your the, your elementary school and everything seems really small? Oh, you think because my face is a lot fucking bigger than it used to be that things are small to it? Well, I mean, you were smaller when you were a kid. I, I mean, proportionally, that, the rest of you is smaller. That's not the last time I had a Twizzler <laughs> when I was four. I don't know your oh, life. So, used to be so big in my tiny little child hands. I don't I don't know your history with Twizzlers. Yes, you do, probably, if you think about it. And f- I probably whipped you with Twizzlers. That seems like a thing. That That's kind of... Oh, I'm getting a, that, a slight memory of that. That definitely happened. So the Twizzlers are like a lot thinner. I remember you bite into them and there's like a hole inside. You can use them for a straw if you wanted to be a weirdo. But... Now that I don't think I didn't see the hole. You could still do that. Because they're too thin. I think. They're too thin. And then I went to go buy a Cadbury cream egg because it is the season. And those fuckers are like a dollar fifty a piece. Motherfucker for what? That seems expensive. Yeah, it's crazy expensive. But then Alan, our buddy hi, Alan. from Werewolf Ambulance. Hi hi Alan. He said after I complained about this to him, because I don't just complain on this podcast, I complain to my friends about this nonsense, and that's why the numbers are dwindling each year of the people that return my phone calls and actually hang out with me. I don't think that's true. It's true. Alan texted me to let me know that in Pittsburgh, where he lives, they're 80 cents a piece. Ooh. What the fuck is happening? All I'm trying to say is, I'm, I think I'm getting old. You are. I know. I just hate it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, we. This has become a, a semi-regular segment here. We should probably come up with a theme song for it or something. It's just us talking like this. Oh, we're old. Oh, my. Welcome to the old segment. My, uh, my agita. Uh, things change. Uh. My old guy voice was getting dangerously close to uh, Saul Rosenberg from Jerky Boys, so. (laughs) That's usually how it goes. I'll cut that off. But seriously, like, I I think my, the the segment is called Getting Old Talk, and the the sub-segment title is Why Shit Gotta Change. It's fine. You're not telling me inflation is so high now that Cadbury cream makes got to be a dollar fifty compared to fifty fucking cents a piece. Probably, maybe there's a a Cadbury cream egg scarcity. Maybe somebody bought out all the stock to artificially inflate prices in the Philadelphia area. And also, it's it's not beyond me that real things are happening in the world, and this is the stuff I get upset about. That's true. That's something to think about. I don't want to. Well, I don't know what to tell you about that. I recently had a, an epiphany about getting old. It's less of a complaint, as, but more of an observation. So I, I want to know, is a part of getting old for other people just figuring out how long ago everything in your life was? That's been happening a lot. I am constantly doing mental calculations. A couple of weeks ago, I texted friend friend of the hosts and the show, Sal. Hey, Sal. Because I realized I was listening to the record Philadelphia Freeway by the Ooh. artist Freeway. Freeway. Classic. Classic. And I realized that that record came out 15 years ago. It's crazy. And Sal and I lived together at the time, and that was a, on heavy rotation back when we lived together. It was 15 years ago. Yeah, you know what I did with you know what I did on Saturday? Complained. I hung out with Sal and his son. Yeah. Oh, I definitely complained. <laughs> did you complain to his son? It was a day that ended in a Y, huh? Hi-oh. Um, I don't know if I'm complaining to Vito yet. I'm, I am trying to talk to him, you know, mano a mano. Okay, give him a little. Uh, Vito is a very small baby, just for those of you that, that don't know, which I think most of you probably do know. The only listeners are people that we know. I don't know if I actually <laughs> ever... <laughs> I don't know if I ever uh, named Vito by name. Named Sal and Cat's child by name, but it's Vito. Well, now it's out. Cat's out of the bag. Vito's out of the bag. Oh, Vito's in the bag. I don't know what that means. <laughs> anyway, yes, things happened a very long time ago. So it, I recently thought about how we were planning 
where we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for our 20th friend anniversary. And then I thought about it. I was like, we're almost to 30. Yeah. Because obviously we never actually planned anything for that 20th anniversary. And now we're almost at the 30th anniversary. So we got to plan something for our 30th anniversary. So 10 years from now, we can talk about how we didn't do anything for that too. I think we should record a podcast on our 30th friend anniversary. We got to figure out the day. The day. It would be sometime in April or May. No. June? Yeah, probably June. We met on the last day of school. I'm I'm sorry. I was thinking college. We didn't meet in college. But technically, our friendship didn't start then because you ghosted me that summer. Jesus Christ. So maybe we should really celebrate like in September or something. You know, I'm gonna send. You know, I'm gonna do for you for our friend anniversary. I'm gonna send you the tiniest violin so you can keep playing it whenever you think of that story. <laughs> Everybody, you can go back to episode zero or one for that story. I don't advise that because I think they're pretty bad episodes at this point. Ricky didn't think it was fast enough. That, yeah, yeah. Listen to it on one and a half speed. Apparently, if you're if you're a real fucking Ricky, maybe you'll appreciate it more that way. Yeah, man. Don't be a Ricky. S- stick with us. Don't be a Ricky. Sticky, sticky. Yo, speaking of 30th anniversaries, this is episode 30. I know, man. Can you believe it? I didn't think we'd make it to episode four. I knew we had something when we recorded, like, five episodes that we decided to throw away. I th- I th- no, we, re- we we had a lot of stick-to-itness. We recorded, like, three episodes that we decided to throw away. I th- but they were shitty. I think we had more than that. They were just, they weren't up to snuff. They weren't... They didn't meet the high quality that a Josh and a Dennis demand from a, a something that we put our names on. Yeah, if we're going to sign our names on a thing, it's got to be just top notch. Like that one show we played where we had to stop halfway through a song and start it over again. Or that one show we played where I forgot most of the words to a few of the songs and just went, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, that's good. Nobody fucking knew. But yeah, I, fr- I constantly find myself thinking like, oh yeah, I did that thing or I went to that place. Oh, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. This is, I, this is, I, I might have mentioned this before, but my last job, I did the math and realized that I had a t shirt that I still have that is older than uh, one of my friends that I worked with. Actually, multiple friends that I worked with. That's crazy. Dude. So, does time just keep speeding up as you get older? Um,. I think you're physically dying faster, so it's like a mix between the two. Yeah. It's like, you know those those things that you drop a penny into? It's like a funnel, and the penny hits the, mm-hmm. the funnel at just the right angle, so it just rolls down. And then as it goes down, it gets faster. Is that what right. my life is? Yes. It's going down the fucking toilet. Do you, wait, do you pee in those? What? In those funnels? Yeah. Or in the toilet? In those funnels. Yes to both. Or alternately, do you put pennies in toilets? Yeah, it's like a wishing well. No, it's not. You never heard the saying, when you pee, drop a penny, and your wish will come true. (laughs) The popular saying. Okay, I have other complaints. (laughs) I got some other complaints. Come on. Is it about so why you, a- you have a bunch of piss pennies? <laughs> Listen, those piss pennies add up. I pee a lot. Look, so this is such a Philly thing. I think you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I watched a dude. He unraveled a cigarette container, which nobody calls anything a cigarette container. Cigarette a pack. C- a pack of cigarettes. A pack of cigs. He unwrapped the plastic. He stepped towards the street, and he threw the plastic. Now, I don't know if you know how anything works but usually plastic just doesn't fly into the street it flew right back at him also what did he think was gonna happen now i ask you as a person who is let's say you're pretty much from philly you could say that you're familiar enough with it that you know how things happen here but for people that aren't from philly i will explain People in Philadelphia think that if you throw trash into the street, it is different than if you throw it onto the sidewalk, because on the street, it goes somewhere else. Now, in reality, it all just sits there and only goes somewhere when the wind blows hard enough. So what was he trying to accomplish? Just to get it away from him? I mean, he really made an effort to propel it. Uh, 
he probably was expecting the ghost of William Penn to pick it up. Okay. And then where does the ghost of William Penn take it? He takes it and converts it into ectoplasm. Now, is it like a ghost the movie type thing where William Penn has to make some sort Have of physical bond with, with a- Goldberg? <laughs> yes. Wait, Demi Moore had sex with that? Whoopi Goldberg, if you think about it. A, we know. B, I try not to. C, I'm, I'm 100% sure I talked about this on a previous episode. I think... Probably. Now, here's something I'm pretty sure I talked about on a, on a previous episode before. But it's okay, because we're on episode 30 and just now starting to repeat ourselves. I think we're doing okay. I saw a man... It didn't matter that he was a man. It was I just saw a well-dressed man, like a businessman. Yes. Just fucking hauling ass on an adult version of a Razor scooter. Now my question is this. How are you not self-conscious? How does he not know he looks like a uh, He knows he looks like a turkey, right? Of yeah, of course. Um I would say now maybe I've grown soft coming out here to Seattle. I feel like I've I've really answered a lot of the big questions in my life coming out here. Pick okay. up a little bit of that Pacific Northwest. It's cool, man. Feeling. Oh sure. I would say it's probably a confidence thing, and that's maybe a little admirable. I think riding a razor scooter is stupid, but. You gotta, you gotta seek your own truth in life. And look, I think I, I agree with you. I think it's a self confidence thing. I also think to each his own. Who am I to judge? Yada yada yada. But in my head, which is where this podcast happens, I mean, it happens in real life, but it's a lot of my inner yeah. thoughts. I mean, what the fuck? I am a forty-one-year-old dude who wears heavy metal T-shirts almost exclusively. Like I'm a fourteen-year-old. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's just like advertising what you like. Yeah, which I'm sure a lot of people probably think is dumb. Like, I think that dude hauling ass on a Razor scooter is probably dumb. I think part of me wishes I could be like that dude, though. Yeah, man. I'm saying. Is it because you're, you are you lack that confidence and you're jealous? You sense oh, it in yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's part of it. That's why I partially why I look forward to getting older than I am now. Yep, you you run out of fucks to give. I want to get to the age where I feel okay enough to just talk shit to people and not fear for my life. And by talking shit, I mean like just like when people are rude or listening to their phone music at high volume on a subway, I can just turn and say something because if they want to get, nobody's going to get into a fight with me because I'm too old. Yeah. That's interesting because I I get that number one, because I'm terrible at confrontation myself. But Mm -hmm. the thing I look forward to when I get old is just fucking leaning into being a weirdo. Like (laughs) I'm getting weirder clearly as I get older. But just like, mm, yeah, just leaning into it, just really letting that freak flag fly, you know? You mean like, you mean like you'd be getting on the subway wearing something or just just dressed in a way where people aren't going to even play loud music near you because they're freaked out by you? Yeah. Like, why is that 70 year old dude dressed like a goth cowboy? That type of thing. <laughs> I can see that. That's 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 kind of my my dream when I get old. Oh, I want to I want to dress I, like I'm in fields of the Nephilim. What am I going to dress like when I'm 70? Short shorts. Short shorts? I, I'm not going to fuck it. I, it's I'm not going to care anymore. Like how are we are we are we thinking so short that people are going to think you sat in some bubble gum? That kind of short? <laughs> what what does that mean? <laughs> Think about it. Like, I, I sat in bubblegum and... Your scrotum is out. <laughs> is 
Is that what people think when they see when they see an old man with their with short shorts on and their scrotum hanging out? They think they it looks like they sat in bubble gum. Yeah, actually, they probably wouldn't need to be that short because I'm sure when you get older, your balls hang even lower. That's and here true. we go talking about um, balls again. Yep. No, I think maybe like I just start wearing like tank tops and and flip flops and and flip flops. Yeah, Naughty just fucking fuck a cop hip hop. Make your head what? pop. Sorry, I are you? I'm I'm quoting Dead Press, which is a record that I I was super into probably close to twenty years ago at this point. Yeah, here we go. Now we're gonna age everything. No, I'm constantly doing this in my head, whether I talk about it or not. I know it's crazy. <sighs> Another quick complaint. I work with fucking mammals. And I'm so tired of this shit. Now, I work in a place where we share... There's like a bath. It's like a bunch of different offices that are not related to each other. And we share the bathroom at the end of the hallway. So each of the offices has a key. Mm-hmm. And there's like two bathrooms. They're in the stairwell. Whatever. I'm in the bathroom. This is this happens three times the other day. Now somebody must be on the same pee schedule that I am. Instead of knocking on the door to see if somebody's in there, just start unlocking it with their key. Okay. There's no like secondary just, lock on the door. Sometimes on some of the doors. On cert- some of the floors there's a secondary lock, but some of them just it's the lock. It's the key lock. Hmm. So like we're not in the, like, okay, if you're in a noisy bar, right, there's no point in knocking on the door because you can't hear if somebody says, occupied, right? Mm-hmm. So you just you just try to push open the door. I get it. No problem. I'm totally fine with that. This is like a quiet-ass office building. Okay. Knock on the fucking door. Let me hit you with this. Have you okay. considered that maybe your coworker is a pervis and he's trying to get a little little free peek? At your your ha- your wedding tackle, as they say, at my bubble gum. At your bubble gum, your bubble uh, gum, Frank. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I have considered that. I don't think that's the deal. I just think people are. So did he come in and like lower his glasses, like in a oh yeah, yeah. kind of way? Well, well, yeah. No, no, no. Because as I heard them opening the door with the key I was just like just a minute hmm because I mean do they really want to walk in with me peeing into the toilet with my pants all the way around my ankles <laughs> as you do as I do <laughs> and my shirt totally off and hung up on a hanger <laughs> <laughs> gotta get completely naked to pee it's the only way to fly baby do you think I'm bringing it on by being in the bathroom in that state for about 45 to 55 minutes? Probably. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was going to suggest what if your coworker maybe was about to pee or poop themselves. Maybe that's why they were a little impatient. And you were naked in there, <laughs> just having naked piss time. I wasn't peeing the whole time. You were getting ready to pee, and then you have like your post-piss ritual. Yeah, where I had to get completely redressed. Yeah, and then... I still and then thank, I still argue thank that the pee for time. being a part of you and helping <laughs> remove the toxins from your body. And then and what's then, the last step? And then thanking the toilet. And then what's the last step? Uh, getting a, a uh-huh. thimble full of piss water out of the toilet and drinking it. <laughs> no, to, no. Then I'm then I make a wish with a penny. Oh shit! That, yeah, the piss penny. How yeah. could I forget the piss penny? I wish that I can pee again. Wee. Is that, I don't know why I say we. That, that's the penny going down the drain. Is that what you wish for? Yeah. Could you imagine if you couldn't pee again? You would probably die. Exactly. But is that a problem in your life? Probably dying? No. Not being able to pee again. No, because I always wish that it happens. I wish I could pee a little less. Maybe I'll try that next time. I pee so I much. This, we I could, wish. We could track back to getting old. I pee so much, dude. I wish that I can piss. One, the other, but that particular day, I did pee like f- five times. Cool. And the BFS maniacs are really glad to know that now. It was a. That's a lot for me. Wait, is that a lot of pee? No. Oh shit! Maybe I. T- maybe there is a reason I wish on it. I pee like every hour. Sometimes I double up on the hour at work. 
That's crazy. How much water are you drinking? A lot. Oh. I think that's the problem. Yeah, that's probably some, my problem. Some days I don't drink enough. So I had a whole thing about your coworkers being mammals in the sense of the island of Dr. Moreau. Uh-huh. But I'm going to put that on hold right now because I'm looking at the time. We're running should. a little late. Okay. It is time for part three of Josh's Paranormal Portal. So we're back with part three of Skinwalker Ranch. Before we pick up where we left off, uh, I, I had an update on something we were talking about last episode. Mm-hmm. I, I was speculating on the link between Skinwalker Ranch and the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, uh, which was disclosed in December. Go back and listen to our episode about that. Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, You're not really going to edit it, so don't do it. That's, come on, man. It's a, it's a callback. People, people love that shit. It's a great bit. So we mentioned our friend Keegan, who's the first official member of the BFS Research Corps. Do you want to go BFS Research Corps? BFS Maniac Field Investigator. I like that one. There is no pay involved. No, just BFS Bucks. He, he, he told me he wants that Huffy. Keegan sent me an article that was published last month in New York Magazine, 13 Reasons to Believe Aliens Are Real, which we'll, we'll link out to that. It's pretty good. I have some issues with the article itself, that the tone fluctuates a lot. Sometimes it gives too much credibility to things. Sometimes it's kind of poking fun at the whole thing. I don't know. But there was actually a quote that directly related to my speculation about Skinwalker Ranch and AATIP. So this is a quote from Harry Reid, who was the senator? Senator from, uh, I believe, Nevada. Yes, who personally knew Robert Bigelow and who was involved in the creation of AATIP. So here's the quote. I was in Washington in the Senate and Bob Bigelow called me and said, I got the strangest letter here. Could I have a courier bring it to you? I said, sure. He didn't want to send it to me over the lines for obvious reasons. The letter said, I'm a senior longtime member of this security agency and I have an interest in what you've been working on. I also want to go to your ranch in Utah. Bigelow had bought a great big ranch. All this crazy stuff goes on up there. You know, things in the air. Indians used to talk about it. Part of their folklore. So I called Bigelow back and said, hey, I'll meet with the guy. The program grew out of that to study aerial phenomena. We decided it would be funded by black money. I wanted to get something done. I didn't want to debate where no one knew what the hell they were talking about on the Senate floor. So that's confirmation that the the study of Skinwalker Ranch directly went into AATIP. Wow. AATIP. And we also talked about uh, Harry Reid when we brought up Bigelow the first time. Right. I forget why, but... but yeah, we discussed the disclosure right. about ATIP and his connections to Bob Bigelow. And, I'm sorry, Robert Bigelow. He called him Bob because they're, they're chums. Right. That makes sense. So, Keegan, you, you get extra BFS bucks for that one, buddy. Oh, damn. You might be able to get that backpack. So where did we leave off here? Okay, yeah. So I wanted to get into the history of the region, the Unitop Basin area, because a lot of it, people have connected to the goings-on, the alleged goings-on at Skinwalker Ranch. So the Unitop Basin was occupied by the Ute tribe, and they had a lot of legends about skinwalkers. Now, skinwalkers weren't the explicit domain of the Ute. Uh, They were also a part of Navajo lore, as well as several other... Native American tribes in this general region. So there's a UFO researcher named Junior Hicks who came up a lot in the hunt for the skinwalker because he was actually writing about UFO sightings in in that region in the 70s. So he uncovered information that said in the 1800s, the Utes turned on their occasional Navajo allies and began abducting them to sell them into the slave trade. Uh, Also during the Civil War, Ute bands also joined up with Union forces to suppress the Navajo and other tribes after the Confederates were driven from the region. So the Utes believe that the Navajo put a curse on them because of their kind of perceived betrayal, and that curse was the Skinwalker. Uh, there, there was also some discrepancy in that, like people took issue with that because they said the Navajo wouldn't deal with skinwalkers in that sense because they're explicitly evil and that, you know, no matter how mad they were at people, they wouldn't evoke something as evil as that. So skinwalkers, I mentioned, are a part of the legends of tribes throughout the Southwest. We got Navajo, Hopi, and others. 
So skinwalkers basically are witches of a sort. The way skinwalkers were described in the book, if you look at medicine men as Jedi, the skinwalkers are basically the Sith. Mm. They're they're the ones evil. who are corrupt and absolutely evil. Yeah. Gotcha. And According to the book, there was a quote I I jotted down because I thought it was a good way of looking at things. Not all witches are skinwalkers, but all skinwalkers are witches. So skinwalkers are possessed of dark powers. They can change their shape into a wolf, coyote, a bear, a bird, any other animal. They often do this by wearing the skins of the animals they seek to emulate. The Navajo take on skinwalkers, known as the Yi Naldoshi, are said to use mind control to make victims hurt themselves. They're also possessed of superhuman speed and agility, which made me think of that sighting that people had of that humanoid figure running super fast. Uh, Their eyes glow red. And also an interesting fact, if you see their true face, they must kill you because if you know who they are, they themselves will die. Whoa, that's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's super intense. They also summon and use evil spirits in their ceremonies. So legend and even, I guess, more modern lore that's been passed on claims that the skinwalker only focuses its malevolence on first nation peoples but reports were also on the rise at the time that the book came out you know around the early 2000s that they were attacking others now the you in that region say that the ranch lies in the path of the skinwalker they claim it doesn't live there but instead it lives in an area over on tribal land called dark canyon Uh, A lot of people have asked permission to go onto tribal land and explore Dark Canyon, but it was always denied. Because they know skinwalkers there. Yes, exactly. Scary. And while I was reading about this, I was having a lot of thoughts, and it was not something I could answer necessarily, and it's something I would like to look into a little more. I was wondering about how First Nations people feel about the kind of weird magicification, magic magicification is that a word okay Um, i'm into it way of looking at native religions Mm. and making it like this is a weird magic thing but their view of christianity seems very different like it it it, it seems very other in a way do you follow me yeah yeah because it's like we have we let's so let's say like most european whites are christian in some sense so we have the normal quote-unquote religion and their idea is wild and magical exactly yeah where if on paper christianity is totally full of magic people fucking casting spells aka prayers and shit and so it's the same thing but it it, it seems kind of insulting to me Mm -hmm. from an outside perspective the way that this is such a common view of native religion and folklore and stuff. I don't know. It's, oh, it's yeah. a thing I would really like to know more about, but I don't know how to even go about that. Hmm. But anyway, so those are the kind of the, the Ute legends. And obviously there are some correlations there between all of the weird dog-like creatures seen on the land, the, the strange shapes, all that stuff. And I, this is, this legend is obviously how the ranch got its name. So there are some other stuff in the history of the region that was worth mentioning just because it adds to the weirdness. It seems like a bit of a stretch to me, but is worth mentioning. So in that area, there was a fort established after the civil war. Uh, A lot of the troops stationed there were the Buffalo soldiers, as they were called, who were African-American troops. And they were given that nickname by natives who had never seen black people before. So it was kind of twofold. It was based on appearance, but also they said that they thought the Buffalo soldiers fought very fiercely and bravely and were very much like Buffalo in that respect and that they, you know, charged into battle and stuff. So one thing that was interesting was allegedly most of these troops stationed in Fort Duquesne were Freemasons. And Freemasons, I mean, that's a hot button issue in conspiracy theory circles and stuff. You know, it's a a secret society. Right. Uh, And a lot of people think that Freemasons are up to all kinds of occult rituals. So, and when in reality, they're just meeting and hanging out, (laughs) just a bunch of old dudes having a club. And so there, there was some speculation and some kind of, I would say half-assed attempts in the book to maybe link some of that to it. The occult nature of the, the Freemasons and the reasons why stuff is going buck wild on the ranch or whatever. Uh, there's also Freemason symbols apparently seen in some of the canyons nearby and, and shit. So I don't know. Hmm. 
So there's also a long history of people seeing weird shit in the Unitop Basin well before the Shermans arrived on the ranch. So I wrote up just a quick list of stuff before 1996 that I really liked. And the next couple are some of my all-time favorite things, not just in Skinwalker Ranch, but in the paranormal world, period. So in 1983, a family saw a man with a dog's head wearing pants and a blue-checked shirt. Sometime later, after returning home, they awoke to the sound of drums surrounding their house. They looked outside and saw three figures attempting to scale their fence. Now, the thing about this was the fence was not high. It was like a three or four foot high fence. But for some reason, they couldn't seem to do it. So they lived near a frat house and a couple dudes were drunk. They dressed their dog up in some pants and then started playing like doing like a drum circle. Done. That's yeah, you did it. You cracked this case wide open. Caught you red handed. Good job. So there was some speculation on that one that as evil spirits, skinwalkers can't come into a place uninvited. So may- perhaps that's why they were struggling with the fence. I don't know. That That's just a weird story. I just like yeah. a dog man wearing a, like a plaid shirt. I'm into it. That's a, that's a good image. Dogs are just like us. They're people just like us, man. So in, in another dogs are people just like us instance, there was a security officer near Fort Duquesne who saw several times they weren't stated in the book when these occurred, but he had several sightings of humans with dog heads hanging out in the middle of the village of Fort Duquesne smoking cigarettes. Okay. Which I love as well. Just just some some dogmen sharing a butt. Dogs don't even care about cancer. Yeah. And this goes into the whole high strangeness thing which is a whole topic to discuss at another point i think but high strangeness is the absolute weirdness connected to a lot of paranormal cases you know it's like this type of thing these dogmen smoking cigarettes hanging out in the village uh some other examples i could think of off the, the top of my head a lot of alien abductions have a lot of stuff that fall into the high strangeness category like when uh Barney and Betty Hill were abducted. It's a very famous alien abduction case. They Mm -hmm. claimed that the gray aliens that abducted them were wearing like little leather biker caps almost. Okay. And that there was one wearing a uniform that looked like a Nazi, I think. And so high strangeness is one of those things that a lot of people speculate on, on like the significance of these really bizarre, almost comical aspects of paranormal stuff going down. So th- that's a topic I think maybe we should devote a whole episode to because there's a lot of cool theories behind that. Yeah, sounds like we should get high too. Probably. Yes. So other people also encountered the the cigarette smoking dogman. There was a UFO investigator who saw something like this, not in Utah, but in southern Missouri. And also uh, Junior Hicks, who I mentioned was a UFO investigator, collected several hundred reports of UFOs throughout the region. Uh, many of which kicked into high gear in the 1950s. And he also wrote a book about it. And so, and his work is brought up a lot because there's a history of this stuff happening in that region too. So those were some some things I thought were worth mentioning to give some background. I didn't want to stick it at the front because I wanted to kind of reveal Skinwalker Ranch as it occurred. That was the biggie in the area. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now I think we should get into discussing what was going on at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, in the book, there were a few things presented so I'll, I'll go through these and then we can discuss a little bit between ourselves what the hell was going on or what the hell we thought was going on so first up they discussed tectonic strain theory or tst for short tst is an alleged electromagnetic reaction from mild seismic stress so you know the plates shifting running together are causing spikes in electromagnetic levels levels Thank you. So this is linked to something called earthquake lights that people report, like seeing strange shimmering lights just prior to an earthquake. Hmm. It's also suggested that this can create VLF or ULF, electromagnetic radiation. Uh, So that's very low frequency or ultra low frequency radiation that affects the brain in the temporal lobe and can cause hallucinations. So NIDS actually looked into this as a possible explanation for what's going on there. Uh, They tried to correlate the events on the ranch with records of seismic activity, but found there wasn't any correlation. So that kind of shot that theory 
down. Hmm. Now, the next one is a goodie. It was suggested perhaps this is a high technology civil civilization living in secret alongside of us. Oh, that's what I think is going on. Going yes. On. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Uh, this is very similar to John Keel's theory. John Keel being the guy that wrote the Mothman prophecy that UFOs are actually the product of ultra terrestrials, which are basically secret beings that live here already and not necessarily or that come from outer space. Oh, they live. Oh, you're saying they live here. Yeah, they're here. Maybe they're even like extra dimensional things. But and that John Keel talked a bit about high strangeness, too, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. But this one reminds me a lot of the story of the mound by hp lovecraft are you familiar with that one i am not it was one of his the stories that he ghost wrote like one of his collaborations where i think he was just handed an idea and wrote most of the story himself uh it was yeah about a guy who goes to investigate some like ghost lights over top of a, a burial mound and actually descends down and finds that there's a whole civilization of advanced decadent kind of nihilistic human creatures living down there that have their own society where they worship dark gods and stuff it's a cool story it's one of my favorites but this this reminded me of that a lot and i could totally see something like this fitting into the lovecraftian universe in a way so obviously that is an untestable thing so next up we have extraterrestrials now the interesting thing about this is while the phenomena is consistent with ufo activity you know all the orbs the lights and stuff no direct evidence was found to suggest that these were actually extraterrestrials you know nobody saw grays or anything like that right anything that fits the classic stories of extraterrestrials it was suggested in the book that the behavior of the blue orbs could be some kind of advanced technology, but again, it could be that. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be alien technology. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there was nothing on the ranch that people found or claimed to have found that suggests that this could have been an extraterrestrial being or extraterrestrial beings. Now, one of the very popular ideas is the military were out here doing this. Yeah, that's, I think that's a big popular explanation in Nevada. Yeah, for sure. For a oh, lot of things. We're in Utah. Mm, Utah, Utah too, right? There's yeah. a lot of testing grounds there, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the cattle mutilation stuff, talk of the black helicopters and everything. So people have posited that perhaps Skinwalker Ranch was a secret testing ground for cloaking and stealth technology, you know, that predator being that they, they saw on the ranch. Stuff like hologram projection uh psyops you know psychological warfare drones experimental aircraft etc there was a report that nids published which we mentioned when we talked about robert bigelow and nids back in that episode and this is still out there uh their website seems to have i don't it transformed into something <laughs> something weird something weird but if you dig around enough you can still find some of the published articles nids seem to have concluded that the black triangles are some kind of experimental craft. So that's interesting. I don't know if they, they think that about the ones seen on Skinwalker Ranch, since those are, are a lot smaller than the usual ones that people see. But the phenomena of black triangles, which was a popular form for UFOs in the 90s, they concluded that it was most likely this. Then you have explanations that I didn't see presented in the book that I'm going to throw in myself. You have delusion. I mean... I right. very firmly stand in the camp that our senses cannot be trusted. The brain is extremely susceptible to suggestion. If you go out looking for a thing, I think sometimes you can see that type of thing. You know, you, you can misinterpret all kinds of stimuli, all, all kinds of things out in the world, and your brain oh, processes sure. it. I mean... But I recently listened to a podcast where people were talking about how there's actually even a delay. It's it's super, super short, obviously, but a delay between what's happening in the world around us and what we perceive as happening. So I think that's a really important thing to think about. You know, our senses cannot be trusted. That's why eyewitness testimony isn't seen as credible in a court of law, for example. But it is kind of the linchpin of paranormal explanations. So interesting theory. Yeah. And I don't think it could necessarily be all that. But I think that that could very likely be account for at least some of the things people claim to have seen on the ranch. And then we have the elephant in the room, a hoax. So, you know, from reading the book, 
from going very deep into the rabbit hole online, looking up everything I could about Skinwalker Ranch, listening to interviews with a ton of people, a lot of speculation and stuff. It seems like 99.99% of all this stuff is anecdotal evidence. And anecdotal evidence is, it seems to be, it seems to account for most of the evidence of paranormal activity across the board. UFOs, cryptids, everything. Right, there's no, there's never any definitive proof. Yeah, and it seems like people who defend paranormal explanations of things, the thing that you hear consistently is, they seem pretty believable to me, or they're highly credible people. So all that aside, who's to say the Shermans didn't just make this stuff up? And people counter that with, but why would they do that? It, It could be, and... I don't want to cast dispersions, but it could be another thing we've talked about often in the past. There's some money to be made in it, you know? I mean, yeah, You let's say you buy a ranch and things don't go really the way you planned. Yeah. How do you drum up some interest in it? Exactly. So this this could be a combination of all of these things happening. You know, it could be they were kind of pulling the leg to people. They could, researchers could have gone out there and saw things or people were just making shit up, you know? Yeah. And not, not to be too cynical, and I definitely don't want to shit talk George Knapp, but it makes for a great book, all this stuff. For sure. And I'm sure that the book has sold pretty well. So, I mean, I could see that happening. And the thing that is infuriating to me is people never want to look at that aspect of the paranormal world. That people could just be in it for the money, and they're just making shit up for that reason. So, I don't know. It It's frustrating, because... There's so much information out there about Skinwalker Ranch, but no evidence of anything other than people's words that it happened. And I don't know what to do with that. I I think I'm a skeptical person by nature, but I'd like to think I'm open-minded about stuff. Like, I would love for there to be Bigfoot. I would love for there to be aliens. You know, I, 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 I would absolutely love that stuff. I'm fascinated by it. I love reading about it. But I don't believe any of it because I have yet to see anything conclusive. Well, it's because Bigfoot is just a lot smarter than you think he is. That's, yeah, that, that's entirely possible. But my issue is that the veneer of rigorous scientific scrutiny is applied to Skinwalker Ranch in this case. You know, NIDS being present. But still everything presented hinges on this anecdotal evidence. And the book does another thing that kind of makes me mad. It goes very hard at science, and I do that in quotation marks, with the usual comparisons to religious dogma, even though that's not how science works. So much so much anti-science these days, it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's I, I think that's one of the things that makes me feel uncomfortable being into the paranormal as much as I am, just even from an outsider view as somebody who just appreciates the weirdness of it without actually believing it, I feel kind of guilty sometimes because I do think that this anti-science attitude that I come across so much is directly linked to the anti-science attitude out there in the world at large, the people who are denying climate change, even though 99% of all scientists say, yeah, this is really a thing that's really happening. You know, it it's maddening to me. And I sometimes am like, should I really be giving somebody my money that even though they're not necessarily doing that, they're kind of totally misrepresenting science itself. But when you want to believe something so bad and something else gets in the way of it, it doesn't matter. You're just going to say, well, no, that's, that's false. Science is, science doesn't take this into consideration because that's not, it's because it's denying the thing that I want to believe. Exactly. For staunch conservative Republicans, uh, science is causing them to have to question whether or not making money at the result of drilling, endless drilling in the Alaskan wilderness is like a bad idea. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that people look at science as a belief system, but it's not that. It's a way of gathering evidence. It's a way of figuring out how things work. And... So you can't just choose to not believe it because that's not how it works. It's a process. It's it's a way of looking at the world in a critical way and finding actual evidence for the things you believe. It's not tied to any particular ideology in any way. 
And yeah, that's and the I thing th- that people get wrong. And I mean, there are scientists who definitely do bring their ideologies into things, of but that's, they're not doing science right, dog. And I think the thing is, you know, people want to say like, well, what about this stuff that's unexplainable? And I'd have to say, I just think that stuff has not been explained yet. Yeah. Because a hundred years ago, we couldn't explain... I don't have a really good example, but I'm sure we couldn't explain the Northern Lights and now... Piss pennies. We couldn't explain piss pennies, and now we have a good explanation for that. Listen to this episode. No, we couldn't... You know, 200 years ago, they couldn't explain the Northern Lights. Now we know exactly what it is. It's solar flares. It's whatever. And the thing is, I don't think a good scientist would dismiss good evidence of something out of hand. You know, I think scientists are naturally curious that's why they get into it that's why they want to answer the questions of how and why sure and and the thing is so much of this stuff is anecdotal there's no real evidence i've said it before but exceptional claims require exceptional proof you know the onus isn't on a scientist to say that's not real you know it's on the person claiming that this thing is real to produce evidence of that And the thing is, it it just seems like for all the talk of physical evidence left behind and everything, you know, talk of photos and everything, like, I I couldn't find any of it. All this comes down to is the word of the people involved. And that isn't good enough for me, you know? And I, so I can honestly say, I don't know what happened on Skinwalker Ranch. I have no idea. And I have to leave it at that. And I think that's what a scientist would do as well. They wouldn't say, oh, yeah, nothing happened, whatever. They're saying it's unlikely that something happened, but without any proof or evidence, we have to say, I don't know. But personally, I don't want people to, I want people to continue to tell these stories because I want to hear that people have seen dog men wearing pants and clothes. Yeah. Because that's absurd and it's fun. Yeah, exactly. I I love these stories and I I don't think that type of thing is ever going to go away, but I do wonder... At the, at the larger connections between stuff like this and some of the problems in the world today. People's scientific illiteracy, their willingness to believe in things that are very irrational. I don't know. Well, yeah, nothing. nobody wants anything to get in the way of the thing that they believe. Right. And it doesn't matter. So many people have their minds made up. But what can you do? We will be the voice of reason in the coming apocalypse, Josh. Is it like a skinwalker apocalypse, you think? Yes, but I I have a special piece of news for you. Okay. Coming soon from our own best friend simulator, Field Reporter, we will have definitive proof of the existence of paranormal phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch. We're sending one of our own team to Utah to study this up close and personal. Our, Our listener, Adrian, who was in our Halloween episode... She's going to be stationed. I, I don't want to give too much information. She's going to be stationed in Utah for the summer, and she has volunteered to go and check this out for us. Really? Yes. It's very That's, exciting. That is incredible. She's got her own. She's going to she's gonna go there with some recording device, maybe get shot at. I don't know. Something's yeah, going to happen. Be, be careful, Adrian. There are armed guards allegedly on the land. So we should look for, look for that in uh, I guess April 1st, a couple months, three months. Very Wait, is this an April Fool's Day joke? No, I'm being, I'm, I am totally serious. Now, I just looked up where Skinwalker Ranch is because <laughs> there is the there is the address on maps and it's four hours away from where she's going to be. I will let her know that and see if she's still gung-ho about doing okay. it, but we'll see. Yeah, Adrian, there will be a lot of BFS bucks in it for you if you do this. Dude, you're going to be able to get a Huffy, a subscription to Boys Life magazine, and at least three thermoses. That sounds pretty great to me. Yep, right? I would I would dare crossing the path of the skinwalker for that. Dude. What if what if she gets like swooped up into one of those windows or black triangles or the predator? Or the what predator? If be- what if she becomes the predator? That'd be pretty cool. Right? She like sneaks up on us. Over here. Over here. Yeah, and then kills us with a thermonuclear device. Rips out my spine. That would be pretty cool. That would be cool. We'd, we'd fucking Facebook Live that shit. Yeah, I'll take one for the team. Nice. Adrian, if you ever become a predator, feel free to rip out my spine as long as we catch it so the all the BFS maniacs out there can witness it. It'd be pretty sweet. Okay, we're kind of spiraling into nonsense here, aren't we? Oh, yeah. This is an extra, yo, extra long episode for all you BFS maniacs. 
extra long. Uh, also, we mentioned, oh yeah, we mentioned this last episode. Our boy, Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer. I'll scroll down and look for this name. <laughs> Jeremy Tar. <laughs> Jeremy Juniper Street. Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer Corbell. There we go. Does have. I actually listened to an interview on a podcast with him this week. He has a documentary about Skinwalker coming out in 2018, and we will cover that when it comes out. Oh, hells yeah. I might I might reach out to him and say, hey, we want to review it for our show. But if he goes back and listens to a review of Patient 17, he might not be so free with that that code. Yeah, but but think about it like this. I'll watch anything the guy puts out. It's true. I mean, I'll, he's he's got me hooked. I don't know if I want to pay for it. I didn't. I didn't necessarily say that. <laughs> well, we're, we're you know we're we're media. We're I guess attached in some way to the to the world of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Even though I just yeah. went off about yeah. how yeah. people I don't make think, shit up. Yeah, I don't think anybody who's like really serious about paranormal stuff is going to listen to us. Yeah, they probably quit. We're too close minded. They probably quit the paranormal stuff because no, they quit we've... us. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of, they, half their podcast is just them complaining about being old. <laughs> One guy's fucking giving piss pennies away. <laughs> Perfectly good pennies. All right. So that's so, Skinwalker Ranch, everybody. And I want to give a shout out to the listeners that are sending us some information, Keegan, and that are volunteering to do stuff like Adrian, that are asking us questions, viewing us, giving us hella stars yeah thanks a lot everybody yep we appreciate it and like i always say if you know somebody you think might appreciate our weirdness why don't you recommend the show pick out your favorite episode or something and suggest it to them because i think that's the only way people are going to get into our podcast for sure and on that note it's all the time we have for this weekly call among buddies bye See, i was quiet because skinwalker got me oh shit that's what i was doing over here I've got piss pennies. April Fools. I didn't get caught by Skinwalker. Bye. Oh, thank God. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.